Howdy do, buckaroos. This is Greetings from the Uncanny Valley, the Westworld podcast on the TV section of the Incomparable Network. Thanks so much to Jason and everyone at Incomparable for hosting us. We are going to step into analysis for the Season 2, Episode 7 episode of Westworld titled Les Escortes. I'm not... I'm Close enough. <laughs> you know, this is me getting back at the world for every time it screwed up my last name, right? So with that, I am your host, Kelly Gamont. With me as always is Don Melton. Party on, Don. Party on, Garth. And we have a little non-Westworld stuff we need to say first. And the very first piece of that is that you guys should know this is being recorded during WWDC week. That means that, like... Every nerd who has a podcast that you listen to is somebody that I've run into in the last four days. <laughs> and I am also a nerd with a podcast, so other people have come up to me in the last four days. Um, and I personally want to thank every one of you. If you came up to me during Dub Dub and told me that you enjoy the Westworld show and that you really like listening to Don and I, because I know there was more than one person, and I'm not going to remember everybody's name, but... Thank you, because it means the world to me to know that we're just not shouting into the void. It's really nice to know that. And I do want to point out that when I ran into Jason, who was having breakfast outside of a place here. Jason Snell. Jason Snell. uh, I walked by, and I saw him, and he looked up, and I waved at him, and he waved at me, and I went over to say hello. And he didn't say hello. He said, howdy do, buckaroo. And it was the best thing. (laughs) And I just, it's never happened to me in real life before. (laughs) Nobody else who came up to me this week said, howdy do, buckaroo. And it just. Did he get a hug? (laughs) Oh, of course he did. It just, it pleased me so that he, that he did that. It was very funny. Um, So thank you so much again, everyone for, uh, everyone, Jason, everyone at The Incomparable for that. And uh, for those of you who were listening a minute ago, uh, you know that you heard Dawn's voice. And that's because Dawn is with me. Dawn was not with me on Sunday night, having been in the body shop. So, Dawn, hello. Party on, Dawn. <laughs> Party on. Yeah, I want to uh, apologize uh, for being um, uh, Funky the Gimp Boy uh, Sunday night. I was... Um, uh, Kelly, I want to thank Kelly for being vague, but I'll tell you what happened. I, I, I'm old. Uh, I grind my teeth and I cracked a tooth. And so, um, I was in bad need. I didn't know exactly, but I suspected, uh, I was in bad need of a root canal, which I just had yesterday. Uh, so this wasn't happened, that if you fun. thought we were weird before, kids. <laughs> So I'm on lots of medication now, but at least I can talk because uh, Kelly will tell you it was not pretty uh, hearing me on Sunday night. There was no way I was going to be recorded because my tongue, the side of of my mouth. Yes, he liked talking like that because when you crack a tooth, that's the only way you can stand to have your own spit touch your gums. So anyway, that's over, uh, except, of course, for the pain and suffering next week when I get <laughs> the crown, they, yeah, the crown. So, but, so, but I'll be used to it by then. Our show has to extend a little gratitude to people. There is a short list. That list is Curtis Herbert and Chris Patterson for stepping in on Sunday night. Who, when we started watching Westworld, had no idea they were going to be on a podcast with me about it. When we finished watching Westworld, they had no idea they were going to be on a podcast with me about it. Um, 
They absolutely helped me improvise the entire setup top to bottom, and we threw a show together and got it out the door. So I hope that uh, you guys appreciate that. Neither one of them was sort of prepped for that, and uh, I thought we had a really fun conversation. So first of all, shout out to Chris and Curtis for that. And Don has an extra special shout out for friend of the show, Tom Bridge, so I'm going to let him take it from there. Uh, and uh, another absolutely hysterical fun thing happened at about the same time I cracked a tooth, which is my iMac started dying. Uh, my big uh, transcoding machine, I probably wore grooves into the hard drive. <laughs> uh, and so it started uh, uh, coming up with like uh, 40 and then 56 bad sectors. So I got a hold of Tom and I was like... Uh, it's been a while, uh, boss, uh, walk me through the process and, uh, uh, he got me some, uh, diagnostics and, uh, uh, and some tips and I took it to the Apple store and they turned it over really, uh, props to the Apple store for one, turning it over, getting the part, which was ancient, the hard drive, uh, and then turning it over really fast, uh, but props not to them for <laughs> fucking up the formatting of the fusion drive. <laughs> Oh. It's a fusion drive, guys. Four minutes is a fusion drive. But I I I had the I had the smarts to check that in store and they fixed it there in like an extra fifteen or twenty minutes. Hooray. So thank you, Apple Hillsdale, for that. Uh and uh thanks so much to uh, uh Tom Bridge for me being a tech guy, I'm not a hardware a big hardware guy and walking me through the ins and outs of that. I really appreciate it, buddy. Okay. And also thanks to my Intadonis, so <laughs> for one tormenting me and two uh getting rid of uh the really big pain so because one must have priorities and those priorities yeah, are right. talking about westworld yes <laughs> and so let's talk about westworld kelly all right let's um you guys should know this is the first time we've ever been in the same room together and it's hilarious to me um because, like, I have no idea what's going to happen. I don't think Dawn has any idea what's going to happen. So, like, I know I've told you guys before, like, buckle up, buttercups. But, like, I'm not joking. Because well, the other thing last I'm- week I told you guys, you have no idea. And I was vague about it. I gave you a little Westworld-style teaser at the end of the show about next week. Because I wasn't sure if we were going to be able to pull this off. There were a bunch of things, including IMAX and teeth, that were conspiring against us. And so I'm just really glad, like, you guys have no idea. So um, I'm really glad we got to do this, and we should talk about the show. We should talk about the show. And, by the way, uh, something that we normally go by and that we're staring at uh, is my show notes. But being sick and everything else this week, I didn't write any show notes. So uh, I so we're going to th- do the show the same as we always do the show, which is Don spends a bunch of time on notes and we read two lines and then we're off to the races yeah, and don't exactly. worry about the rest. So yes. so it makes no difference whatsoever. Exactly. So, so there's the, like 90 seconds that you guys are missing out on that has any sort of structure. So, so don't the worry. thing I loved about the beginning of this show was once again, they are going all out on the previously on Westworld. It yes. was moody and weird and everything else again. Please we, do that the rest of the season. We loved it on the reaction show. Yeah. We were like, yeah, like watching it in the room. All three of us were like, ooh, oh yes, yes, this is this is how it should be. And they always select exactly the correct scenes. So yes. I don't know who's doing that. Whether it's Jonah and Lisa themselves or sitting down at editor, please please keep doing the props that. Props to you. Yeah, and the music and everything else. The next thing is we got our. I think it's the 
third episode, uh, episode, only the third this season, which has a cold open. Yes. Uh, in other words, before the credits, and it's really good being a cold open because uh, we get to use that to bookend uh, the episode, so we know where the fuck we are <laughs> in time time frames, people, not time <laughs> timelines in this episode in uh, in the show, and uh, because when we start out, we're in the latest time frame ever. Yes. Since the opening, we're in current time, but most of the episode, the middle, you know, big chunk of the episode takes place like one week prior. Yes. Uh, almost a week. I think yeah, Charlotte almost, says it's been almost a week. How is there anything left to shoot? Yes. It's been almost a week. And there was some arguing on Reddit. Is it seven days? Is it five days? What does she mean? Like, who cares? Uh, yeah. But basically what happened at the end of phase space is uh, the train, like, smacks into uh, the Mesa. Yes. And basically Combo. the middle part of this episode that takes place in the past, basically it's everything that happens after that point, right? So Dolores, uh, the Teddy Nader, the Angela Nader, and the uh, Clem Nader – have, yes. They're all on the train. Oh. Uh, they have arrived at the Mesa, um, and uh, uh, the uh, uh, but uh, in that time frame, uh, we don't. Uh, I think yes, they've arrived at the Mesa, and Bernard is in the cradle, cradle and uh, because he's at the end of last episode, he's just seen. Uh, Ford in just saw like, Ford in the in reflection. the reflection in the piano. Yes, right. But we're going to jump ahead to the start of the episode and talk about uh, waterboarding because because oh remember we've been doing this joke about uh, Nard dogs uh, <laughs> for, for weeks now, and we finally <laughs> get to see the Nard dogs because the show opens with uh, Jeffrey Wright waking up. Uh, and Stubbs waking up thinking uh, the you know something's up. I don't yes. think, I don't think they're here uh, to deliver the mail. I, you know I they're not here to save the guests. They're yes. doing something else. Let's go into Teresa's office and steal her satcom, whatever the fuck that is. And he wakes uh, Bernard up, I and he doesn't at this point know Bernard is a host. Right, right? head cannon for Kelly. Is that the thing that they go to Teresa's room to get, to Teresa's apartment or whatever to get, or her office, I mean, is the thing that Sizemore has, that that's what that is, which oh. is, you know, check off cell phone. Like, I'm, to me, that's what that yeah, was. Yeah, I, I figured it was some kind of satellite cell phone, right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I assumed that, that that was what they had, and so. We're going to run with that, folks. For. That's probably what it was, so <laughs> I have no idea. So, um. Uh, so they head out to there, and they're intercepted by uh, Strand and a couple of goons. Yes. And they say, we want to talk to you. And they drag him out. Uh, and we like, you know, what are they going to take him out to the alley behind the mesa and, you know, pop a cap in their ass? Which is what uh, Bernard and uh, and uh, Stubbs think. Uh, and they're I guess they're tied up or something. Or Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And so what they wind up taking them uh, to is uh, – uh, the Ford family bots house. 
Yes. And Strand tells him that we found a bloom of Teresa Cullen's uh, DNA in the room downstairs, and we need to find out what the fuck's going on. And so they go down there. They find uh, Charlotte in there examining uh, Ford toys. uh, It looks grotesque, but it looks just like it looked basically at the end of episode seven. Yeah, but it's that instant in the trailer that made us go, wait a minute, that's all. And the thing that I noticed, that I thought I noticed at the time that I can confirm, is that uh, one of them was one that splits open, like, the young Ford robot, the, and one of them has, like, some sort of damage in Oh, the yeah, face. yeah, when they go in the, uh, when they, they do wind up going in the room behind the room. Yes. They find the door. And they go in there, and because uh, Strand's at first putting the squeeze on Stubbs because he thinks Stubbs is oh the Stubbs, one. you totally did this. Yeah, yeah, this yeah, right. Somehow, you're even you're like extra responsible. Yeah, the for Bernard this says stop, and then he's about to fess up to killing Teresa, which thankfully didn't, or they they might have right. really and killed then, him then. But and then the guy finds the the uh, you know it's all about doors this season. Finds yes. the door behind uh, the thing. They go in, find the Nard dogs, and. You're right. The Nard Dog that was all the way on the left, I believe, was yeah. the one with the split open face. Yep. Uh, and I can conf- uh, confirm that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's right there. We're just, I'm, um, I have the, uh, yeah, yeah, it's right there. There we go. Yeah. Right there. Uh, so a whole generation of Bernards. And who the so fuck knows been- why Ford created these, right? Right. We don't know. And I assume they don't have um uh they don't have ice cream cone eggs inside the heads of any of these because no. Bernard's got his ice cream cone head inside his. Yes. So. There are no brain velvet cupcakes. There yeah, are no brain, brain velvet cupcakes in any of them. And I think um well, because some of them may not even have them because like when you look at it, I think it's obvious that the one that opens like young Ford is an older generation because that was the thing that was discussed earlier was how they've made them more human, not because it was cheaper. It's yeah, and it's not a fully articulated skull like right. this one was. Right, right, right. So anyway, so they go in there, and obviously, you know, Charlotte, Stubbs, Strand, Strand's goods. They all know what time it is. Yeah, they they know what time it is, and they know that. Uh, it's Cylon time. Yeah, it's Cylon time. Which, Bernard is the final Cylon. Which is the call-out I thought was interesting specifically in this episode to season one, which is in the first episode, in the first season, in episode seven, we find out that Bernard is the is the final Cylon. Bernard is a host. Yeah. And in this episode, we find out that the one that we know yeah. is just the latest in a series. It takes the meaning of final Cylon a little too seriously. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Not really final Cylon, just latest Yeah, latest Cylon. Cylon. Most recent Cylon. So in, anyway, then we go into the wonderful credits as usual, uh, which has an addition in it that I dearly love to see. It was with Ed Harris and Anthony Hopkins. And Anthony Hopkins. He's in the credits finally. Full on, yes. Yeah, full on, and we're not going to see reflections of him anymore. Right. So we're crossing our fingers. So we start with the imaginary waterboarding, which was terrifying to watch. And props to Jeffrey Wright for scaring the fuck out of all of us for that. Oh, my God. So just, wow. Um, And and by the way, Reddit went in and zoomed in on the panel. Uh, Remember when Stubbs asks... 
Costa, what are you doing to him? Uh, well, waterboarding Water now. Boarding. And if you look at the panel, there's this list of all these things that they can do to hosts. And if you thought the Bush or the Trump administration were evil incarnate, I mean, Delos is just, they're unpleasant people. Yeah. <laughs> it was, and it would, like, I think sometimes I feel like the show is aiming to make people uncomfortable in a certain way and think about it in some way. And I feel like this was was one of those moments. Like, you're supposed oh, yeah. to squirm. You know, it's supposed to be sad to you. We're all invested in, in Bernard. We like him. We want him to succeed. We worry about him. And they fucking waterboard him. And it's just, it's brutal to watch. I mean, I'm not going to say it's, it's necessary, but, like, watching it happen is really hard. It's not quite sawing puppies in half, but it's pretty goddamn bad. You can see it from there, and you don't, and even if you're only as tall as me, you ain't got to stand on tiptoe. Yeah. Um, Now, this is the thing that that makes me wonder, um, and I'm sad Tom is not here with us, because Tom and I are the ones on the theory train, which is, if Charlotte has some sort of analog in Charlie, who we saw as Bernard's cornerstone, then does she, like, this episode, now that we know that she has seen well, them because we saw this? her see them. Boy, this is fucked up then. <laughs> well, who on this show doesn't have a complicated relationship with their parents? So That's true. So Hello, I, Emily. <laughs> yeah, so I feel Hello, like... Hello, Dolores, later this episode. Dolores, yeah, is also going to you. So the thing... The thing I wonder about this is if that is true. One of the things I said when we first watched the the episode and we were doing the reaction show was that what's interesting to me about this is what it sets up, not necessarily like from a world building perspective, but from the perspective of what could be. So, yeah, they've shown us some things that could be. Um, but also, like, what they've done is said, like, you know, that thing that you think that you know about this world or these rules may not be true. So just like we started off right out the gate with an unreliable narrator, I feel like we also have some, like, unreliable parameters here as well. Even more later on when they get back to present time. Yes. And I am, like, very disturbed by... And we'll get to that at the end. Yeah, but, like, what this opens up, because it's more about... Yes, I know what happened in this episode, and yes, I think it's interesting in what it implies. However, there are many other things that are set up as a result of it being this way that are also, like, what I'm interested in. So, like, if it's legit, if she is, in fact, Charlie that we've been hearing about, if that's that's how this and goes. And she's not, folks. But. <laughs> but if it is, then how does this work for her? Because here's the thing is, like, we never got a thing for Charlotte. Like, we don't know her thing. We don't know how she got a job at Delos. We don't know what exactly her job is. Aside from board member, we don't know anything about her and her relationship to this company except that she is a board member. And that's the only thing we know about her. We don't know how she got that job. We don't know what job she had that got her, that drew her to the attention well, of the Delos board to executive, put her on it. Yeah, for an executive of the board, she's doing some awfully weird shit. And she's awfully hands-on Yeah, for a so, board member. So the the big thing about me is what's her backstory and what's her allegiance really? Because I'm still, mm-hmm. I'm and, still kind of on the train that 
uh, there's a theory going out there that was popularized a couple of weeks ago uh, uh, on YouTube by uh, Hacks Dogma about Charlotte the Betrayer and mm-hmm. that Charlotte's working for third party. We don't know that yet. Right. But there's we, something about her. I know there is. I don't know what it is, but I know there is. Right. And so, so, so anyway, like, Tom and I are filling that in, you know. With, yeah, and like However, I said, I'm like waving it. at you on the yes. uh, at the train platform as the theory train leaves. As the theory train leaves, but I think that I, I agree with you. There's something up there, and we'll figure it out. And we'll get to the the conversation that Charlotte has a week ago uh, <laughs> with Dolores. So that's the next thing that happened is uh, basically Charlotte regresses uh, now known host Bernard back a week because she says. We know you were here because your location information says you were here at the Mesa. Yeah. So where, where the fuck did uh, Dolores Abernathy go with uh, her father's uh, brain egg? Because yeah. she really wants a brain. And I thought it was really odd. You know, don't you mean? I'm thinking then, don't you mean her father? Well, it's really odd that she phrased it, phrased it that way. But we'll find out now, won't we? Mm-hmm. So uh, they immediately go back and... A lot of people uh, didn't quite get it that we pop back in time a week, that that's what that transition, and they did yeah. all sorts of transition stuff, but because mm-hmm. Charlotte's basically got the same hair, the same clothes, everything else, I actually think either Westworld production kind of blew it by not making it obvious or they just want to continue There's fucking a with it. It's yeah, not yeah, obvious. yeah, yeah. That's right. Anyway, so we go back. Uh, they're tormenting uh, Peter Abernathy. He's, he's still nailed to the he's table. Still nailed to the table. Christ Almighty! And uh, Stubbs is panicking about uh, them losing the response team. The uh, the uh, cranky Irish guys. What's his name? Scottish guy. No, Craddock. No, no, not that. Uh, the Irish guy. Wrong guy. Uh, the cranky Irish... The mustache. Yeah, the mustache guy uh, starts with a G. What the fuck is his name? I'm looking it up uh, on Wikipedia right now, So, and that's no help. Oh, Conklin, not with a G. Timothy V. Murphy playing okay. Coughlin. Coughlin. Yeah, Coughlin. And yeah. so... Um, the first person who actually prefers to call Stubbs Ashley. Yes. Yeah, what an asshole. <laughs> Uh, so he's in there with his, one of his henchmen angles and stuff like that. And they're figuring out something bad is going on because the yes. train has hit him. And so they go off trying to like head them off. We see the scene from the trailer with, it's like out of a, uh, Spanish civil war painting. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of the artist. All of a sudden it's, um, uh, Dolores, uh, Teddy, um, Clementine and Angela coming through flames and smoke. Yes. Uh, into uh, the Mesa. So we know the shit's going to get real here pretty quick. Uh, then. Uh, and boy, howdy. And you then, we'll boy, howdy. Then we have like. Uh, uh, we have uh, the re- QA response team getting their ass handed to them. But also a few of Dolores's crew, yeah, uh, going off and dying. But I did sort of enjoy watching, watching Team Delos get got. That was a little entertaining. There's this huge thing online where everybody finds it unbelievable that 
the response team is so incompetent and they keep getting their ass handed to them. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm not having that, a problem with that at all. For one, I actually, these people are assholes. I mean, Ingalls, make sure you know that he's mm-hmm. an asshole, uh, as is Coughlin. Uh, so, you know, why not? I didn't have a problem. And then... Well, I also think they're a little bit cocky because they, they feel really secure in their superiority over the hosts. And that's not true anymore. So I always thought that's all it was, was they just, it like, it never occurred to them that they would lose. Right. Never occurred to them that they would uh, they would lose, and I also thought it was interesting the haptic vests thing that they did. Yeah, that what's her name, the head tech who was the last, I guess, the last one to buy it at the end of the episode. Yes, uh, and uh, but she turns on the haptic vests so they work like the host mesh network. So that was really so you have these vibrating vests uh, mm-hmm. uh, going on. But then we go back to uh, Ashley. Uh, and Stubbs uh, gets really pissed at uh, Charlotte. You got to remember, he's went an episode and a half here with Charlotte Coughlin and everybody else treating him like shit, and so he loses his uh, and threatens to shoot Abernathy in the head if Charlotte doesn't tell him what the fuck is going on. Yes, and so which uh, I did sort of enjoy that he like it. It was really interesting to watch him run out of fucks. Yeah, he, um, and I the I badge think, went to zero right there on his chest. Oh yes, I I think uh, zero fuck stubs is my favorite stubs. Yes, and it was given how he sort of felt about them at the beginning of season one, like watching that evolution of his view as all this went on was pretty great. So I enjoyed a lot being able to watch that happen. And I really liked watching him basically like go toe to toe with Charlotte. Like, fuck me. Oh no. Fuck you. <laughs> but he's interrupted by Teddy. <laughs> of all people. Yeah. And so I thought that was really cool. And Teddy looks even more badass. You know, he had the two last episode oh, yes. from, uh, from, uh and the awareness. Yeah, and the, the awareness of the toot. And now he's dressed like somebody out of a Bond film. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, and he's, uh, what surprised me is he didn't actually kill Stubbs outright there. He just disarmed him. I feel like he knew more than he was letting on somehow. Yeah. I also feel like there's the hand, uh, the hand of our Ford in there somewhere. Uh, saving. Oh, yes. Saving Stubbs' life uh, here and there, making sure he's in the right place at the right time. Yes. So anyway, uh, then you have this great scene where Dolores comes in and oh. she starts putting the screws uh, to Charlotte. And Dolores, prop, not only for this scene, but Evan Rachel Wood just knocked it out of the park this episode. It was she. She oh, scared the fuck out of me. She she touched my heart. You know, she just mm-hmm. pulled on all the heartstrings. Uh, she showed empathy later on with Maeve. It, it was just going all over the place. But she this ran the was, gamut in this episode for sure. But you, for the first time, you actually see Charlotte Hale 
sweating it in this. Oh, yeah, she was sweating bullets. Yeah. It was pretty great. And yeah. I really, I, I did enjoy watching that. You wanted that. to see that bone saw go, didn't you? I did. <laughs> I was I was 100%, oh, God, it's going. Just it, fire it's that up. up. Just fire that up, right? Yeah, we were like, yeah, watching it live, we were like, oh, oh. Right. She, and then but th- there was the notice of she didn't let go of the bone saw. Yeah. She didn't let go of the bone saw. So, like, at that point, we were absolutely convinced that it was still, that Charlotte was... Toast. Not long for this world at all. And so, yeah. But we know she's there a week ahead of time. Yeah, but it was still disappointing. Yeah. (sighs) So anyway, uh, but before we can get into all that and Charlotte gets a new hairstyle, uh, courtesy of the Bonsa, we pop back uh, to Elsie looking at Bernard's uh, body and wondering what the fuck is going on. And then we're back to um, letterboxed. Uh, widescreen mode and we know we're in the cradle and we've got um, Ford uh, reciting William Blake which by the way if you want to go on a date have a really upbeat time then be sure (laughs) to read a lot of William Blake oh Jesus this man is such a downer and if you actually read the whole poem that uh, I forget which, which poem it is that uh, uh, Anthony Hopkins. But like, Anthony Hopkins says some some dark shit, and then that's like the happy portion. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, like it just like from there it gets dark, you know. Yeah. Um, and there it gets weird. Uh, and but but we get so much. Anthony Hopkins can be um, Basil exposition better than just about anybody in the world because it doesn't feel like exposition. No. When he does it. And the thing is, when they walk outside, when he freezes everybody in the cradle. Oh. And it was, by the way, it was so depressing to see Maeve and um, Clem there in their old roles inside the play. See, I don't think so. Because to me, it was, it was, wow, look how far they've come. Oh, then. I see what you mean. So to me, it was more like, it was, it was like. Yeah, here's a reminder of where everybody started before shit got real. Like, literally, before it got real. And so it was really interesting to me to, again, the the callbacks to season one in season two are really interesting to me when I see those, like, we had Painted Black and Shogun World again, and this, and the bit at the end, and, you know... Like I said, last season, Ep 7 was the final Cylon. This season, it's latest in the series. All of that, like, every one of these little things that go together to prove that, like, season 1 and season 2 are of a piece. The the stuff like this, like, for me, that was, that was like, a moment in the middle of the episode that was previously. Like, remember yeah. what this was like? Back yes. then, you know, it's one of those things where, like... It's framing it, because, and because yeah. as soon as they go outside, they, they see Dolores and they see Teddy yep. as well. Uh, and so, uh, I actually like that. We should talk about, when we get to the end of this, we should talk about if this is in lockstep with the pacing in season one, what do we expect for episode yes. eight? Uh, but anyway, um, uh, so then there's this marvelous thing where Ford... You know, where where basically Bernard says, "Oh, it's this thing," and Ford says, "No, no, no, it's not that." You know, you're a you're a smart man. I built you that way. You can figure it out. That was 
That moment was just, ah, I and built so, you that way. <gasps> and so we find out exactly what's going on in the part. I love the fact that it's uh, the hosts are the control because when Ford says, did you wonder why they haven't changed Man, for like 30 years? That was so. And it's like, of course, that makes perfect sense. They're yeah, the we, they're the constant. The guests are the variable, and we're testing the guests against mm-hmm. uh, against the host. So we have a fidelity test later on. Fidelity. Yeah, so when we were that. watching live, like it was quiet. We were all paying attention. We were all listening very intently. We were listening to what everyone was saying. And when Ford starts explaining this, and then Bernard gets it and says, "The guests aren't the experiment." I swear to God, I got even more quiet <laughs> when we were watching. And then probably because the pressure dropped in the room because every one of us sucked all the air out of the room. I go, oh, and like not because this is one of the things that, that to me is one of those doors that get kicked in in this episode is what that means. Right. So if that's what that means, then what does that tell us about what Delos was playing at? What does that tell us about their plans with the cupcakes, what does that tell us about the marbles and, and what that matters to? And what does that tell us about, 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 about? I could tell you a whole bunch of things that, like, this, that finding this little bit of information out, like, at a minimum, turns those things sideways. Well, I think what it means is that what's in the valley beyond, because it's not it's not flooded at this time. Correct. Yeah, that happens later on. What's in the Valley Beyond is another kind of cradle filled with uh, the brain eggs of humans because they can't stick them in human bodies yet because they haven't solved the – Fidelity test. Yeah, well, they haven't solved the fidelity test because as as Ford says, you know, because Bernard challenges him again, you figured out a way to cheat death, Mm -hmm. you know, and to live forever. And he said, no, 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 no. I'd go just as crazy as James Dulles if I was out. In, in the, the real world. world, but I'm I'm in here. It doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't affect me. And it's like so that's what Dallas is doing. They've got like a facility filled with these copies of consciousness that they can sell to all these rich fucks. Mm-hmm. Like when the time comes, like, oh, you want to live forever? Well, it's gonna cost you everything. All the things, yes. Right. Because what's the other thing? That Ford says, do you think Jim Dellis would have, like, done all of this just so he could live just, forever? He, you know, he'd rather die than to, like, lose a, you know. Than make lose a, the money. Yeah. yeah. make a bad business deal. So it's like, it's like commerce. I mean, it's just as it's so, tacky. It's so Facebook tacky. It's so transactional <laughs> yeah. and cold because yeah. none of it is about. We're doing this to make people's lives better. We're doing this so that people who are terminal can have an extended period of their life because we are changing something in some particular way because we're doing <sighs> so. Kelly, Kelly just suddenly went. <laughs> so, okay, so like I said, you know, because if somebody has a terminal disease and this could extend their life, remember in season one, I think it was eight. It was either eight or nine, and it's the it's when when the man in black says, "Do you want to know who I am?" And we hear the story about his wife and how his daughter weaponized her death against him, and you know she said it was my fault, and so I basically I came here to die. And 
when he tells that, like right before he tells that story, we get the chuckleheads that walk up to him and say, your foundation saved my sister's life. Oh, What's that, that about? That was back in uh, episode four. That, was it that, that far back? Yeah, was that, it was either four or five. Cause, okay. Because it doesn't happen it like, then because he's strapped to a rock by Angela and Teddy. Then. Oh, oh, right, right, right. Okay, I'm thinking of the wrong right. shot of him sitting by the fire. Yes. Um, wrong fire, there but... Were, there were many. Uh, uh, um, that was correct. That... But uh, that thing, now I'm like, wait, but with the, and yeah, so that's why I made that face but, now. But William owns a biotechnology company. I mean, everybody Delos else. Delos Corporation. Yeah, yeah, it's a biotechnology. Yeah, but, but there's we things don't on the outside. Yeah, there's things on the outside that they obviously do. And I'll get to one of the things that may explain something that they do later on when we get to the Man in Black story here. But obviously nobody on the outside knows about this project. This is the super secret one, right? Well, but depending what he – how he picked up what this guy was putting down, maybe that's why. Right. I don't know. So I feel like now that I think about that, I feel like that's going to come back to us. This oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we're going to It won't be-, be this season. It's going to be season three, episode nine or some shit. But <laughs> – if we're lucky it's season three. <laughs> That's what we're I, lucky it's season three. Okay, so let's get back to yes. uh, Bernard and uh, our brand new Ford Fairlane. <laughs> and so uh, there's a scene that goes in between here, but I'll just skip ahead. So they yes. they go off with Jock and they head up the hill and wind up in Pasadena at the the Millard house uh, by Frank Lloyd Wright they walk through the uh it's a it's a beautifully interesting house Frank Lloyd Wright created this uh house for I I think she was a I think she was a school teacher how the hell could a school teacher afford this back then uh ages and ages ago but he built this beautiful house on a property uh and he built it down inside the ravine he didn't put the house in the middle of the property he put it in a ravine so you mm-hmm. can enjoy the rest of the like the, the half acre, yeah, the half yeah. acre. Uh, it's it's prone to flooding or whatever, which you could see by the stuff. But it's a beautiful, beautiful house, and they actually filmed inside it. That's actually inside. That's really the, the inside yeah, of the house. It's yeah, it's really the inside of the house. And uh, and there's when we find out more. Yes. About uh, which Bernard. contributes to another theory of mine. Uh, well, let's explain what it is, and then yes. we'll go to the theory. So apparently. Why Bernard uh, is so much like Arnold was, and this explains the cold open, well, the not quite cold open from last episode, uh, where uh, Dolores, you know, we think we're watching her and Arnold, but she says, you know, no, that's not what he said. And like, oh, right, right, yeah. right. So apparently for like, Sometime in the past, here in the cradle, because uh, Ford dropped a a newly born uh, Bernard in there, and he used Dolores's vast memories of Arnold, his personality, his responses, as a fidelity t- uh, test to try to tune Bernard, his behaviors to Arnold. Because that's what Ford wanted. This is not the same as recording Arnold's consciousness. Because Ford explicitly says, we didn't have Delos's technology there. Right. We couldn't do it. Yeah. Because this was all... Right. Well before. 
a lot of this stuff happened. But that's also why Bernard can exist outside the cradle, because he's not a copy of someone's consciousness. Right. He's a incredible simulation of... He is Memorex. Yeah, he's Memorex. He's a... Because he's based on Dolores' faithful... Right. So it's sort of a... It's it's almost like a copy of a copy. Right. And so uh, I also think, though, that... Uh, Ford probably edited out some attitudes and behaviors. I'll scan a hand here so we can see all that stuff. Uh, I've got the episode up on the screen ahead of us. And by the way, if we sound weird sometimes, it's because we're sitting here in this room recording this. <laughs> using the off- laptop mic. <laughs> yeah, using using my MacBook and with uh, QuickTime Player. I finally found a use for QuickTime Player, Kelly. Uh, uh, so... Uh, uh, so anyway, uh, so Bernard is basically closer to Arnold than we thought, but farther away than some of us also thought. Because some people thought that, oh, Bernard's got to be uh, a full copy of Arnold's consciousness. And Ford, right, right, right. Ford shoots that in the head and then stomps on it. Yes. So that theory... Anybody's theory about that fucking died. So. Which I sort of enjoyed. Like, no, no. We're being abundantly clear about this. It was pretty great. Yeah. So uh, so what was your theory, though? Well, so my theory... It's, it's, a, t- it's a teeny tiny theory, but, but something about watching them walk through the house. Yeah. Because the conversation they have when they walk through the house about how Dolores and Bernard were left there for many years. Yeah. And... So my theory is that somewhere in that house is that library porn shot that we get in the trailer, and that's where it is that we see Dolores standing with the book and look up from what looks oh, like yeah, the yeah. Beast Library from Beauty and the Beast. I, I, I bet that that, that room is together. right underneath the house in the yeah. virtual world. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, that I was, completely agree. That was one of the things. Well, because that was one of the one of the shots that I obsessed over in the trailer was. Where the hell is that? It doesn't look themed to the West. We know there's, you know, like at that moment anyway, like we, we know that there's Shogun there are exa- We know it's so an exam room. So we don't know room. where it is. It's an exam room, though. It looks like a generic exam room. No, not. It looks Which like one? a library. The walls of books. The walls and walls and walls of books. Oh, oh, wait a minute. The one yeah. of Dolores. Oh, yeah. Dolores yeah. From oh. The book. No, I don't actually disagree because. She's wearing the bandolier. She was never dressed like that when she was in the uh, cradle. She's wearing the blouse. I didn't realize she cr- was still wearing a bandolier. I thought yeah. it was just so it's got, it's I thought got, it was her actual outfit, and that's why I was like, oh, hey. No, no, you, you brought this up in the... I bring this up a lot. In epi- <laughs> when we covered episode three of this season, you brought this up, and your theory was... See, I was misunderstanding. Your theory was is that she somehow makes it outside uh, Arnold's real house. And that's where it is. And I'm so going to go. Finding that theory that it's it's the park version of Arnold's house. Yeah, but she can't have done that in present time because the cradle will be destroyed by the end of this episode. Unless she does something similar in the cradle-like structure that we suspect is in the valley beyond before she destroys it. She knows exactly. So, and she says she knows exactly what the weapon is. This seems like a pretty good weapon to me. Well, let's see. So. Well, yeah, but they, right. they, they destroy it. Yeah. But, but we'll get to that. But in any case. So anyway, uh, so, um, 
at the end of this set of scenes with Ford and Bernard, we get this great discussion on uh, free will where Ford says something like, uh, but you're not going to be able to exercise your free will unless I take it away from you right now. And basically Ford is doing exactly the same thing to Bernard that in a way that Dolores did to Teddy in episode five. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other thing is, is and we find out later on that Ford uh, hitches a ride on Bernard on his way out of the cradle. And normally, by the way, you get into a Ford to go somewhere, but this time the <laughs> Ford gets here. But we'll get to that in a little bit. We we'll get to that in a little bit. Let's talk about uh, uh, Maeve, the Man in Black, the Ghost Nation, and saying goodbye to oh. our favorite motherfucker. Broke my heart. And you know why? Because we didn't get one last motherfucker out of him. And I said this on the reaction show. I 150% expected as much as I have ever expected to know, to think that I can presume to know what's going to come next was when it really felt like Maeve was waking him up and he really was remembering you yeah, did this to me, you did it again, you did it again, you did it again, you did it this way, you did it standing on one foot because it was Tuesday, you did it on this, you did it all, da 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 all the way down the for line. For a game. Yeah. For a game. <laughs> and I really thought at that point, because, you know, every time he's done it before, because, boy, we've discussed it on the show, we talked about motherfucker. And it was always like, damn, like super impressed or like, like a little bit in awe that like, why? Yes. As a matter of fact, I will whip out this giant gun and like six shots into six dudes. And now every one of them is, is worm food. And it was always sort of in awe and, and impressed. And I really wanted one more of like, you son of a bitch, you know, motherfucker. And I didn't get one and it bummed me out. So it's not quite closure for you. No. I a lot of people online were talking about, oh, it's a great closure with Clifton Collins' character. And I was like, nope. No. <gasps> not for me. <laughs> no. And, that's, and that, that's a, that is a little part of why. But I also... Um, and I want it's also my- an, an, another reaction, which, is, which to me is the thing that's sort of interesting about him, is, that, is how this has ended up for everybody so far, like of the, of the hosts that we've seen who have ended up in a position where they got it and, and, you know, died. And so like when, when it happened to Angela, you know, earlier this, like, or or later this episode, I mean, um, you know, like, like sort of how, like how Teddy is is sort of taking it is another way that this could go. And uh, what we get in Shogun world and that beautiful moment at the temple when they're like, this is where Sakura wanted to be. And so I'm going to stay with her and Maeve's and, you know, she tells Maeve like, yeah, you know, part of free will means I get to do what I want, even if it's not the best decision for me to make. And I get to do that anyway. So 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 do you think, do you think Lawrence, uh, because it wasn't real closure, do you think Lawrence is going to be back in the show? Because they, they didn't shoot him in the head. I hope so, but I don't expect so. And we said the same thing when we when we were watching the episode. Was like, there, only, that can't be the end. Well, we didn't see him die. So. There's only one death in here that I think was permanent. Yeah. And I'll get to explain, explaining why. Uh, but anyway, we sort of got ahead of ourselves. You know, Maeve rushes to get her daughter. 
they hold up in a, a house. Ghost Nation is after him, the man in black comes mm-hmm. in, and that's such a great conference conversation where the man in black thinks it's all about him, and Ford's crawling up his ass again mm-hmm. uh, with Maeve, and Maeve's like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Pop, <laughs> which I thought was great. That I was floored. Like, I knew it was possible. (laughs) And it just never occurred to me that it would actually happen. But we also get a a great explanation of Maeve's witch powers is that she can control um, uh, 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 Lawrence's, uh, sus primos, his cousins, uh, because they're not woke, right? They're just fodder like everybody else in Shogun World was. Uh, but she can't control Lawrence because he's in the process of waking up. I mm-hmm. thought that was a good explanation. I also thought um, uh, by the time that last shot, was it Maeve or was it Lawrence that does it? Uh, it was Lawrence shoots uh, the man in black right in the chest. Uh, yeah. I thought, how the fuck is this guy surviving this? Yep. And my theory is that, you know, he's the head of a biotech uh, firm. I think he's cheating. I think he's got, he's already got some replaceable parts using oh, hose yeah. technology and things like that. And he's got all sorts. Remember when he, uh, he and Lawrence first met up and they go in the bar and he knocks a hole in the wall and Lawrence says, what's that? And he's like, cheating. Te- yeah, technically cheating. <sighs> yeah. 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 So I think there's a lot of the, the whole theories about the man in black being a host out there mm-hmm. went up to like, 11 after this episode but oh, i sure. think i think it was also completely uh uh disproved because mave doesn't get any sense of no. it he's not he's not on the national clearly and, can't just like think real hard at him and have him do what she wants. right yeah so uh yeah she can't but i did sort of like that it, that something finally happened to him there was at least however briefly and however ultimately inconsequential at least in this moment like he's full of fucking bullets yeah. So my theory is is that uh, the next time we see the man in black, it's Emily going to be coming to his rescue mm-hmm. somehow. Uh, his daughter is going to uh, going to save Which him. Which is still weird. Yeah, because his road trip uh, buddy Lawrence, you know, is laying in the dirt there. They mm-hmm. uh, the techs after they come in with Sizemore, much to Sizemore's horror, and just brutally shoot Maeve. Uh, you know, just all the way through oh. her chest and everything. It is grotesque, people, uh, watching that. It was really awful. But I, I also didn't realize, I, I didn't think them shooting Ed Harris or shooting Tandy Newton, mm-hmm. I didn't think that was going to be the end of their characters. I'm sorry, I've, like, watched too much TV. So, like, you don't kill them off at this no. point in the season. It's like the man in black said, Ford, you're not going to, like, let me die here, Right. Right. So, uh, although I was like, oh, God, I didn't expect that, uh, it also didn't surprise me. And I thought, you know, what's going to happen? Are we going to see her any more this season? But I know we're, uh, rather, this episode, I know we're going to see her more this season because we see Maeve with the shroud with the bulls. Yes. uh, Back in the Mesa, uh, kicking up Mm -hmm. some big uh, shit. And we also saw her laying on a table talking to somebody. We know who that is later this episode. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that went on. That was really interesting. And uh, I thought that was a a great dynamic, uh, them getting back together. I also thought it was interesting that 
the ghost nation came in and they took Maeve's daughter, but they didn't kill her. Yes. They're not killing people. They're not killing people or hosts right now. What the fuck is up with the ghost nation? Oh my well, God, I need to know so much. Well, you're going to find out next episode. Which I'm you, so... Because that is obviously focused on the Ketchida and the ghost nation. So we're going to get... We're going to get a lot of that episode in Lakota. And by the way, props, Lakota is a language, folks, by the way, uh, props to Nolan and Joy for actually hiring one of the few actors in Hollywood who speaks fluent Lakota. Yes. <laughs> and he actually is uh, Lakota. So so that was, was... In the episode, It was I was disappointed because I was sad that Angela got it. Um, well, that's that was, that well, was, that's a, that's one of the next thing to, that happens next after uh, uh, Bernard comes out of the uh, and they piece his head back together. I thought we were going to have like a, a yeah, brain spilly Bernard, be, yeah. But, but the no. machine reseals. Why yeah. didn't Elsie know that? I thought that was a little odd. But she does. Uh, but she does say that when there's uh, when she's in there with him. Uh, and she hears that something wacky is going on with the cradle, you know, they'd better not shoot because that'll send the place right, out. Right, right, right. Uh, that um, uh, that was a key thing that we understand one of the things that Angela didn't do. But anyway, when Dolores is about to uh, give Charlotte a haircut, you know, when, <laughs> uh, they hear shooting down the hall and she sends Teddy uh, out after them. And then she has a, uh, uh, and we also see the battle that's going out uh, elsewhere with Clementine, Angela, Ingalls, uh, who's one of, I guess, Coughlin's uh, head goons, and the rest of the yeah. goons. And it is really nasty. Uh, somebody shoots uh, Angela in the spleen and takes her down again, you know, it was on oh. the side or whatever. And the shit that Clementine does. Oh, As she's God. being shot full of holes. But here's the thing. Clement's not, Clementine's not dead. Do you know how many trailer scenes we've seen so far? Remember Clementine on the horse? She's obviously still around. So, Felix is my guess. Well, I, I also have another theory uh, on, on... Well, it's not only Felix, but it's also... Uh, size, uh, it's also Elsie. Oh. Because where did uh, uh, Bernard slash Ford send Elsie at the end to meet her downstairs and get a vehicle? Yeah. Guess who's down with the vehicles? Well, Maeve. Maeve and Sizemore. And Sizemore. And Maeve's posse, who we didn't see. I bet they come in that that back door, too. That's what happens next episode. That would be my theory. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. I bet. So, Clem... It is scary what she does. She's like in full Walking Dead zombie oh, mode. Yeah. And who made her such a great shot? But the great scene is the Again, one. Again, really hard to watch. Yeah, hard to watch. But the next great scene for me was Welcome to Westworld. Oh. <laughs> Angela going out and using all of her powers and skills. Because she can't. She can't guarantee that firing off her gun in there will right. send everything off. She needs that grenade. Right. So she needs Ingalls to get close enough to her so she can grab his grenade yes. and set the cradle off. Not a euphemism. And Yes, not a euphemism. 
And I uh, also I, I want to say Tallulah Riley, beautiful woman, obviously, but she just knows how to move and talk. Her playing of that scene, if that if that truly is mm-hmm. her swan song scene, she got the one of the greatest exit scenes from Westworld truly. ever. And I really I th- think that is because she just blew up her own backups. And she blew up her own. And knew that's what she was doing. And I suspect also why it was taking her a little while. Because she has to realize she's really going to end herself here. Yes. She's coming. I think that's part of what's happening is that she's coming to terms with it for herself as well. Yes. And that she's fully woke. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and that was that was both funny, incredibly sad. And beautifully choreographed and acted. Yes. And Tallulah Riley, if that's your last scene in Westworld, you were amazing. I'm sad to see you go, but boy, howdy, what an outstanding, remarkable way to leave. And the other person we see go, who I also sadly think oh, is important. I knew in the And moment. final is just this scene with Lewis Hertham and Evan Rachel Wood. Mm-hmm. Uh, once uh, Charlotte and Stubbs uh, escape there, yes. the scene that they have is like, it's so touching and is also so creepy. Like when Dolores says, are you ready, daddy? Mm-hmm. And he says, and I love just... you, baby girl. And I, you know, I love you too. And then she turns her head in the process of turning her head. She becomes Wyatt. And picks up the bone saw. Well, she has to because Dolores can't do it. Yeah. And (laughs) absolutely not. But that transition across her face and the motion that she did. I just want, I I was sitting on the couch. I just want to crawl back over the couch. I mean. Yep. And she was. ERW, you got my vote. It was such a good. (laughs) And this, like, at the time, I wasn't. I didn't know if I was describing it right, but the I watched it again, and it, I am, in fact, describing it absolutely correctly, which is that this is one of those moments that really stands out, and, and part of the reason is because everything else is so existential. It's all about the survival of the humans that are there, the survival of the hosts that are there, the survival of the park, the survival of the company, the, James Delos surviving fucking anything, whatever. Like, everything is about, like, all of it hinges on your next move, and it's all very big things with very big consequences, with very big stakes. And this had super high stakes, but as a moment, it was very small because it was just this moment between these two people. And it was very human. And it was just as human an interaction as I've seen from any of the other humans on the show. And that was the thing to me that really stood out about it was that that Peter Abernathy has this moment where he's like in and you know, in and lucid and like on top of it and aware. And he knows because he's just lucid enough. He knows that when he's not and and when he's like, like out and that he's missing time and whatever, like he knows it's because there's something else happening and he doesn't know what, and he really does want it to stop. And he's trying very hard to really sincerely explain to her that like, yes, I know it's time to go. And it almost feels a little like he knew like, he himself knew she was there and that she was having a hard time with it. And so, like, he appeared. Like, he became lucid in order to be able to help her through this. And say goodbye. And say goodbye. 
because, because he, he knows knew, what she has to do. He knew there there's only one way this goes, and he I, I think he had made his peace with it at that point and knew that she hadn't, and that's sort of what made him come in in order to be like on top of it and say, look, I know what's going on, and yes, it sucks, and and you know you need to know I'm okay with it, but here we are. Second thoughts, just like she had for Teddy, but she did it anyway. Yes. And then after this scene, Well, Wyatt did it. We don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, it was creepy. And then we get the uh, scene where um, basically uh, before... We get the scene that Tom is all was excited about, I'm sure, because... Beethoven 7th? Yes. Uh, the For Beethoven, two reasons. Yeah? The first is that it's Beethoven 7th. And the second is that we get P90X Bernard as yeah. Tom was calling him. And it made me laugh and laugh. And as soon as I saw it, I took one, like, as it was happening, I actually said, well, here's Tom's favorite part. <laughs> so uh, it, it, there's several of the scenes that happened before this. I mean, we see uh, the Teddy Nader yeah. uh, just, uh, James Marsden said he, by the way, had an absolute blast with this episode because he never gets to do so that. Of course kind of, he does because he, all he ever gets <laughs> to do is moon after Dolores. And yeah, now yeah. he's finally... <laughs> Kicking ass and chewing gum, and he's fresh out of gum. Uh, yeah, he was. He he pounded Coughlin just. It oh, was I grotesque. Was, it was <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, I know you've been I adjusted, t- dude, but damn, like, yeah, yeah. The third time I watched the episode, I watched it with my uh, sister, and uh, she was like, "Holy shit!" <gasps> yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it, it was, was. Well, and I think part of it is because everything we know about Teddy up to this point is now wrong. Right, and I think that was part of like illustrating that they're just showing how far afield he's gotten. Yeah, I think is, there's still some old Teddy left inside there somewhere, but I think we'll see, if there is, that we'll see more of that oh. later this season. <laughs> if there is, new Teddy has bitch slapped it and locked it in, a, <laughs> shoved it in a locker, like. Yeah, yeah, that's a damn good way of putting it. Yeah, fuck you, old Teddy. Like, uh, yeah. yeah, that's exactly what's happening right now, and it was. Well, that's what, yeah, when you think about it, that's exactly what Ford is doing to uh, Bernard. Indeed. Everything this episode seems to be about, like, a fundamental shift. Because this episode, we see the full-on fallout from from new improved Teddy. We see the fallout from Ford going mobile. We see the fallout from from... Charlotte failing at getting the cupcake on the train in Peter Abernathy's head. Like, every one of these things is a fundamental shift in what we know and what we and what we have available to and what those things mean. So Ford going mobile, I mean, fuck. And, like, first of all, you know, finding out what those things are, like, finding out that he has that kind of capability on the on the reaction show, I called it going full Ratatouille with Bernard, and it made Curtis laugh, and so I stuck with it because I thought it was it was sort of funny. You know, Ratatouille hides under the chef's hat and pulls on his hair to make him do all the stuff so that he can make great food, and and that's, like, what happens here. Like, we only sort of get P90X Bernard because in real life it's Ford, and again, another unbelievably beautifully shot sequence, the way they put that together with the muzzle flashes. But, and but the, also the, and what the, they're doing with the uh, the whole reflections thing. You remember yes. how before this episode, we saw Ford three different times. In reflection. In reflection in other episodes. Well, but we know why that is. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, aside from the fact that it makes for an interesting storytelling mechanism, we know that it's because if you don't show his full face in real life and it's not, you know, just a photo in the background or in the mirror, you ain't got to put him in the credits. Yeah. And that way nobody shows up and sits down and goes, wait a minute, Anthony Hopkins. So yeah. that's, and, which that's he, part of that. He probably didn't give a shit one way or the other. But yeah, it wouldn't we, matter to him. when we see him outside the cradle for the first time, we see him as a reflection. Yes. With Bernard before he, like, steps into full frame. And yes. it's only something uh, Bernard sees. Uh, but going into the control room, we now see... I, I was going to say we see everything that happened in the control room in the trailers, but we still didn't see the fucking bear. Nope. So I know we're going to be back in the control room again sometime this season. Yes. Because there's going to be a goddamn bear in there that gives it up. Yes. But I thought the core choreography for that with super calm Bernard just looking around and talking to Ford mm. and that music. Yes. And everything else is like in slow-mo, but they're talking. That how, sequence. You you go back and watch that whole sequence and you go, how the fuck did they do that? Mm. <sighs> because it's just, it's so perfectly paced. And really? in the end when, uh, and by the way, when uh, 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 um uh, Goldberg, that's her name, right? The the other assistant. Yes. Was, yes. When she when she stabs that uh, one of Wyatt's men yeah. in the face, she's a badass too. And then she went Dude. down right. And then up. she gets it. And oh uh, yeah. And then Bernard does the whole thing where he like fucks the whole part. And my thing is that when he did this and screwed, yeah. it, turned everything offline. You know what else he did? Remember how the park security systems prevent hosts from leaving. Or their vertebrae explode. He did that too. It's a discrete system, and he can touch every discrete system. Right. So he turned it off, and then Bernard smashes the thing. Oh, uh, so that it can't come yeah, back. Yeah. So and it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, uh, so the again, host can leave now. Right. Again, fundament, fundamental shift in what we know, which is that no one can leave because their neck explodes, and that is probably not the case anymore. And if right. that's not the case, what does that entail? Right. So. All that stu- uh, stuff is super interesting. And it's also, by the way, I thought, remember how in episode 10, last season, when Ford says his goodbyes in person to Bernard? Yes. And, you know, talks to him about, like, I know how to set you free. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Arnold didn't know. Said, you know, it's suffering. And he said, right. and I'm sorry, you're going to have to suffer more. Yes. And I think this whole thing of, this the is ratatouille, uh, ratatouille thing. I don't think Bernard is quite woke yet. Nope. I think this torment and all the shit that he's going to go through, if this doesn't wake him up, nothing will. Right. And I think that's what why Ford is doing this to him. Well, that's what Ford is counting on because he knows he needs he knows he needs suffering, and. This is a way to make him suffer. This, in particular, well, with the gun, with the machine gun, is a way to make him suffer. It's also a way to make sure he survives because it's like he yes, told him too. at that last scene in the cradle, like mm-hmm. you won't have any use for your free will unless they take it from you right now. So right. he's got to take it to protect him. Right. It's the same Dolores' the same argument to Teddy about changing him. So I thought all the parallels here were great, and then we get the Dolores and Maeve team up. 
where she comes down with a bloody brain egg from yes. Peter Abernathy, and I'm going, I'm looking at the screen, going, "Is that what I think it is? Oh shit! Oh, you know it I'm is. Doing. Oh yes." Uh, and she goes down and finds Maeve on the gurney down there, and they yep. have a heart to heart. And Dolores is going to shoot her like a dog, yes, her, because you know they said you know the beautiful things inside you, what you could do, they could turn it against us all. Yes, Valor- Dolores is all about. Let my people go, mm-hmm. and I will do. But she changes her mind. That conversation. I made a promise. Yeah, and she's like. It also Maeve does family. a dig. Yeah, Maeve does a a dig in her about Teddy. Like, are you justifying it? Like, how you justified changing? Yes. Him? Ooh, low blow, Maeve, when you're flat on your back. Well, again. Zero fucks. Like, yeah, zero what's she fuck- going to do? Yeah. She's going to die. You know, yeah. like, she might as well try and be honest and make it a little less bad for another if she can. So, But, but I love Dolores' comeback. It's like, I'm doing all this because I know. Right. I know what it's going to take. You have to make this decision. But she decides not to plug me. And by the mm-hmm. way, did you notice the lighting in there? They went total Spielberg on Dolores over the gurney with the backlight. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, I almost jumped up and said, Spielberg, like right, right there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> With the, the light behind Dolores as she stands there, you know, sort of halo-y as she looks down at Maeve on the table. Like, let's talk for a minute about the friendly neighborhood angel of death. Yes. Like, that's where we're at. And yes, it's a beautiful shot, but like what it connotates is weird like you know we're because and, she is the it, angel of death but you know we're not going to say she's the angel of death because well, because and when she, she finally gets on her horses look at this expression on her Maeve. look at this expression on her face uh face her when we see her riding the horses with teddy and the, and the few remainder of her posse out uh, yeah out here i mean that is not the face of a shrinking violet not even a little She's actually enjoying that. Yes, she totally is. So, um, so anyway, when we get back to present time frame, when Bernard has remembered all of this stuff, yes, she's uh, they're still like waterboarding, and uh, Charlotte's in the room with him, mm-hmm. and. He she gets him to uh, tell her what is it to say something whisper to her and we we're suddenly in the POV from outside the room yes with Costa and Strand and Stubbs we don't hear what she says we have no well, idea and nor can we read her lips because of how they shot it you can't see her face you, you can't really you can't, see her face can't see what Bernard say we can't see see what she's saying they can't come the three of them come inside the room. And she says, Bernard, tell these men what you just told me. Yes. And and he says, uh, what is it? Sector 16, Zone 4. That's where Peter Abernathy's control unit is. Why did they make this whole spectacle mm. of not being able to... What are Charlotte and Bernard up to? Right. Yeah. So I don't know what the fuck's going on there, but the fact that this was direct written this way, scripted this, uh, rather directed this way. So this is bugging the fuck out of me, right? Yes, it's hard. Well, because we don't, 
this is one of those moments where we we get to see we're seeing more than we should because we're further along a storyline or whatever it is than we normally would be and it feels weird it feels weird as a result of that because we're sort of getting like the middle of the story yes as opposed to you know, now instead of having received the, the beginning of the story you know we're going to start on chapter 4 and just go for it Right, and if you get a chance to read chapter one, great, and if not, great, and like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah. So Strand says, uh, "Great news, uh, Bernard. We're going on a road trip." Yeah. So they're uh, they're going to head, I guess, from the Mesa back to. Uh, and by the way, uh, Sector Sixteen, Zone Four. I went back and looked at Episode One from this season. That's exactly what was on the super iPad of, uh, it was either Costa or Mailing when she says, okay, yeah, yeah. you know, where they go to the Valley Beyond the Hill. Yes. Valley Beyond, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. That's yes. what Mailing said. It's just the Valley Beyond this hill. Mm-hmm. And you see uh, the flooded lake where all the hosts are. You look at the tablet, sext- sector four, sector 16, zone four. Mm-hmm. So they're going back there. And by the way, they're going back, folks, to the Trona Pinnacles. You know those stupid outcroppings mm-hmm. out in the distance? We saw those same ones at the end of Episode 2, Reunion. Mm-hmm. Remember when William takes Dolores yes. out to the dig site? And William parrots the line, have you ever seen anything so full of splendor? Guess yeah. what's in the background? Right. Uh and and previous episode when at the beginning of previous episode of Phase Base where Mei Ling is talking in present time to Strand, well we got mm-hmm. we're draining the thing now. You look out in the lake, Trona and Pinnacles. Yes. So everything is like heading to that space. So what we'll probably do before we find out what's going on in present time. We're going to go back in time to the week ago time frame yes. and figure out what the flying fuck everybody did to fill that lake with uh, fill that valley with water. And I have one theory on and that. And why Bernard is on the shore. Yeah, and why Bernard wakes up on the shore. I have one theory on that. Remember how they said the cradle in the mesa was water cooled? It's filled with water. Yes. How big is that fucking facility to hold all the human mines? And is there enough water in there to fill that valley? Why? Unknown. Yeah, it's kind of like squirrely, don't you think? Mm, and do. then, then by the way, spoilers, folks, we're going to talk about that trailer for uh, the next episode, which is called uh, Kiksuya. It's, Yeah. And it is so mind fucky. Oh, uh, that. But it is a delight, and part of what makes it a delight to me is that what we see of it is on um, is on McLaren all uh, all the time and all all no, the well, kinds. That's what we see. But in my life, I think in in life, I think another thing that we're going to see in this episode is the triumphant return of Naked Logan. Because I think he's. Gonna, oh yeah, he's, I think they show the uh, the scene in the trailer here where he comes up on that. So we're gonna get we're gonna get a Ketchida all through the last thirty uh, years, right? Awesome. I hope so. So, uh, and 
I am so looking forward to this. Also, remember the scene from the trailer where we see uh, somebody grabbing a catch at his face with bloody hands? Probably with the blood. And if we look at the makeup on a Ketchita in yes. modern day, in current time, in his full Ghost Nation garb, guess what he's got around his face? Somebody in Reddit it's knows a lot that. Like it's a, handprints. Yeah, it looks a lot like handprints. So I, I'm guessing this is his way of remembering his wife. If a Ketchita is not a woke host by the time this episode is over. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be really fucking surprised. And I'm also hoping we find out what Ford's game is with the Ghost Nation. Yes. That's the thing. Again, because the part in, I'm the most curious about. episode four, remember the Ghost Nation uh, member said, I'm going to, remember when she says to Emily, I'm going to take you to the oldest of us. Yes. And he will decide what to do. And she yes. takes him to a catch it up. Yes. I, which I, I assumed was who it was, but I've wanted to know about the Ghost Nation now for a season and a half. More than a season and a half. And You've had at least three theories on them, Kelly. Yes, <laughs> because I still want to know, and I still haven't gotten an answer, and I still think about it, because who are they, and what is their deal, and how does this work, and why does Emily know what language it is, and because there's more to her, too. Oh, there's totally more to her. She's not just trying to get her dad back. Don't give me that bullshit. No. Why did she have that book? Why did she have the Protagora- uh, Protagoras symbol written in it? Yeah. Oh, so I know there's more to her story. I am I am convinced there's more to Charlotte's story. Whether it's what I think it is or not, I'm convinced that, that, that there's something there. I think there's a good chance that Charlotte buys, buys it this uh, a really? Well, the foreshadowing that Dolores said in the episode. Okay. You know, you're, you're, you know that that is going to be your ruin, that valley. Yeah. Gosh, I hope it is. Um, <laughs> it. Yeah. It. Well, and I like. I just keep thinking about the ghost nation because we keep we keep seeing them, but we're not getting any new information. We're not getting anything different than we had before. And I, it's other than they're not killing people or hosts now. Well, now and. The thing, it's one of those things where I feel like somebody tore a page out of the middle of the book. Yeah. And we're going to get closer to getting the middle page of the book Well, that's Nolan and Joy 101 storytelling. But this one in particular, we've not seen an inkling of anything about it. So we've had, like, what if this is the man in black's daughter? And what if this? And what if that? And what if this? And what if that? And sometimes those are great and sometimes those are terrible. And... Well, I think not this one is just reveal, right? Right, and I feel like this one is is gonna just if this one spends a significant amount of time on the Ghost Nation, like it should, then should because I really want to know what the deal is. Um, well, I think we're also gonna. I, I think we're also going to see uh, this next episode. We're gonna see what Elsie finds down in the garage. Yes, which is gonna be Maeve and Sizemore because he took a powder run yes. from everybody like a chicken. Uh, although he was concerned about Maeve, he just didn't know what to do. Yes. I think we're going to see uh, Felix and Sylvester and Hector and Armistice yep. and Anario. Uh So I think we're going to see them all this next episode. Yes. But we got three episodes left. Kelly. I know. And that's at least three and a half hours of TV because we know the last... The last one will be 90 minutes. Yeah, the last one will be 90 minutes. And I suspect one of these other ones are going to be long, too. At least, like, So if 75. you map this out to the first season... Yes. 
And and Westworld just does not map to the classic ten episodes no. of Game of Thrones. We were we were both so goddamn wrong. I was it. super duper wrong. Yeah, and I was with you on that train too. And I was like, <laughs> next episode roll around, and I was like, no, nope, <laughs> fuck that. There. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm, so it's hard to tell where the where the well, peaks are, right? Especially given that now, like, <laughs> this is another one of those that's just that's like that feel yes. A lot happened, but it feels like a lot of setup based on what happened. Like, yeah. yes, it's a big plot point that Ford has gone mobile. But at the same time, like, aside from that plot point, it's also very interesting for what that means. And See, here's what I think. I think and that's we're only going off get, one of a billion different ways. I think we're only getting to get Ford for this season because I think, you know, he can't exist on the outside. So the question is, 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 is Bernard in time frame, like when he's getting waterboarded? Yeah. Is Ford still in his head? And if Ford is in his head, is he risking doing a James Dallas? Is he going nuts? Right. We don't know. Because he's right. not in Ford's body and he knows he's like, is this like the cradle? But I think in the end, Ford's got to delete himself. Or they find something within the valley beyond and Ford transfers himself somewhere else. I think Bernard does it. I think Bernard realizes what's happening. And deletes it? And and puts the skids to it. Yeah. And or, that's his awakening. Yes. That's the suffering. His it's his best friend. Yeah. Jesus. That's a scary fucking show. Oh, ended that accidentally. So, so the other thing that we see uh, in that preview is we see the going all the way to the sky thing. Yes. Is that the phase signal array that uh, Strand talked to Costa about in this episode? I'm betting it is. And I'm wanting to know, is that also the door? Oh. We don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, and there there is so much for next week that I'm very, very, very interested in because I've been waiting forever to find out more about Ghost Nation. And... I do want to know. I had forgotten about the the giant antenna, and I'm very curious how that's all going to play out. Well, yeah, because like Bernard says to Ford, you know, you're the hosts are heading to this place out in the middle of the desert. Right? Where are they going out there? And Ford tells him, "Well, don't you don't you think it's better if you discover?" The story along. And I thought Nolan and Joy wrote that in there to everybody on Reddit. They could have just <laughs> Reddit. Yeah. And I think and I think the thing for me is that these all seem these have all been very di- divergent and insular plot lines. We've had casual contact between Dolores and Maeve now twice this season. Um, you know, Teddy hasn't come up against other people. Like, like our other sort of storylines, you know, like, um, they're like every one of these has sort of existed in parallel. And I feel like this, this next week is when we're going to start seeing stuff come together more. It's a lot like what we did see in season one where like Dolores was on a journey doing a thing. Yeah. Maeve is on a journey doing a thing, you know, all like everyone's on their journey doing their thing. And then the focus narrows and the focus narrows because they do all end up sort of doing the same thing. And that's when, you know, the Ford, 
the the Ford and Arnold storyline and Bernard like comes to a head with Dolores standing in the middle of it. And the man in black storyline comes to a head with Clementine standing in the middle of it. And, 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 and. So. And I think the stakes will just get raised every episode. Absolutely. And more crazy shit will happen at the end of every episode. Because you remember episode nine, what happens at the end of episode nine, first season? Ford has Bernard shoot himself in the head. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but he did feel really bad about it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so so I just think it's going to get nuttier. I'm so looking forward to this. Oh, I thought absolutely. Back, I was talking to my sister about this, and I thought back to all these episodes. They just kept getting better every episode. Yes. And I, I don't think, for example, some people said, I kind of know my, that's a, a treading water episode. And it's like, what are you, nuts? This sh- ain't nobody this got time world. for that. Face Space is a treading water episode? What do we get at the end of it? The big reveal. Ford's back. Mm-hmm. So, and it's like this episode. There's so much shit that goes down. Mm-hmm. People getting shot up. Yeah. Plus, we've got to find out what the fuck is up with the man in black. Ain't Lisa and Jonah got time for that. Like, yeah. they're, we're, on a, we're on a breakneck pace. This is the mine car that has gone down the hill. And we're in it. And I can't wait to see what happens. Because, like I said... All of the stuff that we've gotten in the last couple of episodes sets things up with a reasonable amount of support, whether you think they go this way or that way or the other way or do some fourth thing or just, like, sit home and binge Netflix shows. Like, whatever it is, you know, like, all, like, so many more possibilities are available now as a result of the stuff that we've gotten in the last couple of episodes, and... And, like, every one of those things is equally likely, which is the part that I am the most curious to find out about. Because this is a show that loves to fuck with us. This is a show that that I swear laughs, Armistice's laugh from the end of season one every time they realize that we've done something, that that, uh, they have a way to mess with us again. And, oh, you know what? That whole scene took place yesterday. <laughs> so that, that's the part that I'm I'm the, the most curious. I mean, yes. Oh, my God, how much I want Ghost Nation. And I need to get more information about Ghost Nation. But also, like, like I said, the possibilities for where this could go. I feel like they're doing this on purpose. Because they just want to... They're, I think they're trolling Reddit with some of this stuff because here are the 97 different ways that this thing could go. Well, they and they're have, just waiting for Reddit to do it. Well, Lisa Joyce said publicly last week that everybody who thinks, and she's read some of these online, where it's mm-hmm. going in the end, mm-hmm. they have no idea. They have no idea. <gasps> and and I, so we will leave that on our end. <laughs> I will point out, first of all, that... Um, if you haven't seen them, there's a series of YouTube videos where actors from the show read crazy fan theories. God, it is so awesome. And it's a delight to watch each of them be like, you know, it First turns it was- out they were on Gilligan's Island all along. And then the reaction to that, like, it's just, it's priceless. And it's also just sort of entertaining to know that they're still enjoying themselves because you see them a little bit. Out of their element, but having a good time reading these goofy theories. 
Uh, I'm looking forward to who uh, who they have in the next uh, weeks. These are uh, associated with the magazine L. Right? Yeah, L. L magazine. So we had Jimmy Simpson, Katya Herbers, and then last week was Shannon Woodworth. Yes. I I hope we get every all the other principals uh, before that time. Yes. Because they're all hysterically fan- uh, funny. I got a chance last week finally to see good video, not bad video, but good video that was uploaded from the panel at South by Southwest. Oh, good. And uh, I, I must say they are all incredibly eloquent and funnier than hell. Yes. So, so that, uh, that was really good. Uh, well, I spend a lot of my time, uh, Kelly and I uh, did an optimization this week where we put uh, Tom Bridge and Jim Pruer on the same thread with us. <laughs> It's really nice because I get about 25% fewer messages because Don was posting the same stuff in two different threads. And then... And then there would be discussion in each one of them. And so now, I just have one that I can ignore instead of two. And the great thing for both of us is we'll go off and we'll be doing something else. And Jim and Tom are talking to each other in the thread. Yeah. (laughs) When no no hosts are around, they're just practicing. Yeah. Now I can actually reach across the table and slap Kelly for lines like that. <laughs> so we're in the same room here. Uh, I was also going to tell you, Kelly, you know those lines when I'm going like... Yes. When I'm doing this, the motions? Yes. And nobody sees, right? I was going to say, that makes video. riveting podcasting that you're yeah, pointing yeah. at me right but, now. Yes. But I actually do this when we're like in two different states. I do too. <laughs> I do too. Or I will throw my hands up like, yes! You go! Yes, it's that! Yes. I do that too. Yeah, so we're pathetic, folks. We just really are pathetic. But this is great. We have to do this again. And I promise to uh, do it in Portland the next time. Oh, thank God. I'm still making a trip for me because this is a 40. By the way, folks, from where I live, this is still a 45 fucking minute drive. <laughs> and Don retired, so he wouldn't have to make that fucking drive anymore. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. here he is. So yeah. he's doing this for you people because. Uh-huh. I said it would really be great if we could do an episode in the same room together. And I told her when I when I show, when I found the hotel, well, <laughs> and this wacky room, I said, you know, even if we don't record anything, it's just going to be great to like uh, see each other in person or whatever. So, which was basically my stance was like it would really be, like I would really like to get a chance to meet up with you in person while I'm in San Jose for the week and. If we can record the podcast, that's awesome. And if not, like, it doesn't matter. We'll go have a cocktail and it'll be just fine because we're going to do the same amount of talking for the next two hours, whether we can hit a record button or not. So that was really the extent of it. We really, I really hope you guys like this, this episode. Um, the audio quality is going to be interesting compared to what we normally use to record. It's going to be um, random, folks. In fact, I'm not even sure if you're going to hear me be able to say it's going to be random, folks. <laughs> so... Um, this was super duper fun. I hope, like every week, I hope you all had as as much fun as I did with that. We are always looking for your theories and your ideas and the things that you enjoyed out of the episodes. And uh, you can fire all that our direction on Twitter at Westworld Rewind because. You know that we're going to go through all of this again once we get to episode 10 and, and I way, get some of the answers that I want. And by the way, if you have funky theories and stuff like that, be very careful how you phrase them because we had a fellow uh, inadvertently oh, yeah, uh, give 
several spoilers on the last episode to people who did not see right. the episode. So be just be just be kind, folks online. Yes, that's uh, always a good plan. Yeah, and uh, and uh, uh, you know don't don't uh, don't spoil it for everybody else. And this person not only spoiled it for Westworld, he also spoiled it for Mr. Robot. He did also spoil it for Mr. Robot, yeah. Last I checked, the tweet was still there. So. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I don't want to disparage this guy. Uh, he felt really bad about it. Wasn't he a, a, he it, apologized profusely. I he did, say. and it was it was inadvertent, I think. Um, but yeah, it was, it was totally inadvertent. So just yeah, so, let's be careful out there, folks. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but like Don said, we really do want to hear your theories. Um I want to hear, and, and like, honestly, at this point, the crazier the better, because I still really feel like all bets are off, and so, you know, like, oh yeah, my, my joke, spoiler, whenever, you know, people are like, well, what about, you know, like, I always act like I'm accidentally blurting out, well, the part when Samuel L. Jackson showed up and asked him to join S.H.I.E.L.D. was great, <laughs> but that could happen, like, I feel like that's just exactly as likely as anything else that we've discussed on this show so far. That Samuel, Jack- lay odds Samuel Jackson's on- just going to roll up in the middle and be like, yeah. I'd lay odds on it in Vegas, really. <laughs> like, at this point, like, it's it's entirely possible that this is all and really just happening. And not this season, third season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's either this season or next season. We find out that this is all taking place in one of the Marvel pocket universes. And, you know, here's the real story that's going on actually where we thought we were. Honestly. Or it's all taking place in another cradle. (laughs) And at the end of the series, somebody on on Reddit made this joke. At the end of the series, you basically see uh, young Ford say, okay, we don't go with the referees then. (laughs) (laughs) He shuts it off and says, okay, we don't go with the referees. That's (laughs) hilarious. Yes. So we don't know what's going to happen. We have no idea, and that doesn't change an iota the deep, deep desire to be able to hang out and talk about it. And, like, I can't wait to find out where we end up. I know Don can't either. I know you you all can't. Um, it's just super fun. And uh, there's, like, like, I felt a lot of love this week. People, like I said, people came up and talked to us about the Westworld podcast. People came and talked to, came and talked to me about other things that I do, like the, the stuff I do with App Camp for Girls. And people, like, got to see a, a panel that I was on this week and came and talked to me about it. And, and, and it's a delight every time. So, like, I'm feeling a lot of love for everybody right now. And, uh, so I just want to let you all know that if nothing else, like, you, it's entirely possible we will never upload this episode. Speaking of like crazy shit that happens in season two, <laughs> but, but I just want like this has been recording. This one has been my favorite one of all the episodes we have done hands down because we've never got to sit here together and do it at the same time. We're hugging now. and there's hugging on a podcast because yeah. that's what makes for riveting listening. But that this was super duper fun to get to do it here and. You know, uh, maybe in this strange room, <laughs> very weird room. I, can't tell. Uh, I will not lie; it's, it's a very weird room. Um, but thank you so much, everyone, for listening. And like I said, we want your theories. We want everything else. The the crazier, the better. I'm I'm partial to all of these things. Um, again, you can get us at Westworld Rewind. I'm on Twitter as Verso. You can find me there. You should find me on Micro Blog with the same name, Don. And. Uh, Cleverly, Don Melton in both places there, too. <laughs> and 
Again, thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Jason and everyone at The Incomparable for hosting us. I can't wait until next week when we get to talk about whatever tiny little bit of plot advancement and a whole bunch of new questions. And the Ghost Nation! (laughs) And, oh my God, there needs to be some Ghost Nation. I'm basically just going to walk around mumbling about the Ghost Nation to myself until Sunday night. Um, And no one's going to think anything weird about it. They're just going to go, wow, Dub Dub was real hard on Kelly. Um... (laughs) And that's going to be it. They're all just going to assume it's some, like, swift class that, like, nobody else is talking about at the moment. Kelly went to a lab and she came back and all she's doing is saying ghost nation to herself. Um, It's entirely possible that's exactly what's going to happen. Thank you again for listening. We will see you Sunday night with And I promise to be back. No bad teeth. (laughs) I believe we've got Don back from the body shop for good. I'm going to put him back in regular rotation on the podcast. (laughs) Be excellent to each other.